going to need a Bible this morning, and you're going to need that Bible opened up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, either get a Bible or uh, scoot over next to somebody where you can look at theirs. want to make uh, just a couple of announcements that Larry already uh, made this morning. I just want to, to remind you of the, these things. Uh, first and foremost is we're having uh, lunch together today in the room across the hall here. And uh, as Larry mentioned there, there's always plenty of food. Don't, don't let that concern you. Uh, but I want to say that food is really not the reason we schedule a lunch on the first Sunday of the month. Uh, the goal there is for us to be able to spend some time together. And the food is good. Don't get me wrong. Let's eat the food. Uh, but more importantly, let's engage in a relationship with one another. Uh, I have been saying for uh, a couple of years now that I'm concerned about the direction Christendom is taking. More and more, we are uh, pacifying ourselves with a shared worship experience and never getting involved in one another's lives. And that's not going to work. I just don't know another way to say that. If that's the kind of church, if that's the kind of environment you're looking for, you're not going to find it here. Okay? Uh, we love God, and we want to tell God that we love Him, but we love each other too. Amen? Amen. And uh, we are devoted to one another in brotherly love. And so let's make sure we connect with one another uh, this morning uh, in that opportunity. I want to mention to you as well that uh, the first Sunday night of the month is always devoted to prayer, and uh, we are going to be spending some significant time in prayer tonight, and I encourage you to be back here at, at 6 o'clock tonight. I have uh, I've gone to youth ministers' conferences for years, um, and in so doing, I, I eventually figured out that it was not the keynote addresses I heard at those ministers' conferences that tended to uh, lift me up, to edify me, to encourage me, to challenge me. Uh, more so, it was the conversation I had with my fellow ministers at those ministers' conferences uh, that was most beneficial to me. And so, uh, a few years back, I organized a weekend with some friends in ministry uh, to just to get together and talk, and, and we'll... Through the years, we've selected a subject. We've maybe brought a guy in to kind of lead us through a, a Bible study. Uh, but the goal of the of the time spent together is really just to, to share what's going on in ministry, what we've been preaching, what we've been teaching, what we've been experiencing, what struggles we might have been facing. And it's just it's been really really good for me through the years. Um, when I went to work full time at Valley Hope, it was no longer feasible for me to meet with those guys and. We hadn't met in five or six years uh, to spend any significant time together until this weekend. I uh, just got back yesterday from uh, Lake Texoma. We we uh, spent lots of time talking, and really good conversation. Uh, but because I knew I was I was going this weekend to, to meet with these guys, uh, my goal was to have my sermon finished early in the week uh, so that I didn't have anything to worry about. Uh, when uh, when I got back, uh, I was well on my way to getting that done. I, I have a, a sermon 
basically ready to preach, then I'm not going to preach this morning. Um, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm still not real comfortable with it, honestly. Uh, but I decided Tuesday of this last week to listen to whatever it was that God was saying to me through my brothers in Christ this weekend and then say to you what God was saying to me. Um, that makes me uncomfortable, honestly. I'm a guy that uh, doesn't like to be ill-prepared for whatever it is I'm sharing publicly. I like to study, I like to work through, I like to talk through, I like to, uh, I like to be in a place come Sunday morning um, that my preparation has led me to all through the week. And so when I made this decision to, uh, to do something a little differently this morning, it made me a little uncomfortable, and I'm still a little uncomfortable about it. Um, I don't know if it's me getting older and, and wanting to take more risks in preaching or if I'm so comfortable with you that it allows me to do this. But whatever the case, uh, and I'm just feeling lately the, the need to mix things up a little bit, to change my approach, to see if I can uh, communicate something differently to you. And, and honestly, I think that's probably pretty healthy for me. It's not comfortable, uh, but it is healthy. My ministry friends and I talked at length, as, as we always do, about our struggles and our successes in ministry. And, and the whole time, I was thinking, what is it in one of these conversations that I feel the Spirit of God might be leading me to communicate to the Tri-County Church? And, and honestly, it didn't hit me until uh, one of the guys passed around a quiet time guide. One of the things we've always done is get away by ourselves a little bit and we've had a guided quiet time and uh, and this one was focused on making sure that we as ministers are taking care of ourselves spiritually before we attempt to take care of anybody else spiritually um, and generally that's kind of the approach that's kind of the idea I have heard uh, for most of my ministry career that I needed to be studying for myself as much, at least as much, if not more than, I needed to be studying for a sermon or a Bible class, something along those lines. Uh, I needed to be studying one thing and preaching or teaching a different thing. Um, and it's always frustrated me to hear guys say that. Um, because it doesn't work like that for me. Uh, maybe I don't share something immediately, but eventually... Inevitably, every private thought I have concerning the kingdom of God is shared publicly in some format with you. Um, I've always tried to be transparent with you. Um, maybe I should more than I do, but I honestly don't worry too much about what I say or even how I say it. Because hopefully after 11 and a half years spent with you here, you trust me and you, you know me well enough to know that what I say um, is motivated out of love and is said in an attempt to communicate, to relay what it is I believe God's wanting me to say. I, I, I don't worry about those things. And, and again, I, I don't know if it's because I'm wired that way or because we spent so much time together, but um, 
maybe I need to be worried more about that. I'm, I'm starting to con be a little concerned um, with the DNA that's in my body. Um, I've told y'all about my mamma several times, and um, my mamma is 99 years old now and lives in her, still lives in the house my papa built for. Her. Uh, but she's got uh, some people coming to stay with her through the week, and uh, her last lady just quit on her. Um, Joanne was her name, and and uh, Joanne left and then just didn't come back and and come to find out my mamma had hurt her feelings had offended her and um, I was talking to my mom and dad about it and I say well what in the world did mamma say to, to hurt her feelings and my mom told me they sat down at the lunch table and, and my mamma said uh, Joanne I, you can do things I believe that you can do things and Joanne said what are you talking about Marvell and my mamma said, I don't think you're nearly as retarded as everybody says you are. <clears throat> I don't blame the woman for leaving and never coming back. Um, but that blood flows through my veins. And I'm, I'm concerned uh, that maybe I'm a little too honest with you at, at points. Not, not concerning the Word of God, obviously. You can never get too honest there. But just in my own personal life. Really, the way things work with me, um, whatever I feel like God says to me, I say to you. That, that's honestly the way it works. And I don't know that there's much filtering through that. Uh, again, maybe there should be some. I don't know. Uh, but hopefully we have relationship enough to know um, that what I say, I, I believe, comes from God. And, and I appreciate the respect that that I'm given in that regard. Um, and so, what I feel like God said to me this weekend, I want to say to you this morning. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read to you verses 5 through 14, but we're really looking at verses 13 through 14 this morning. This ought to be familiar to you. We've spent quite a bit of time in 2 Corinthians 4 and 5 lately. Verse 5 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Again, we're, this is building to verses 13 and 14. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. 
It's that, that phrase that Paul quotes, and we're going to look at where that originates in just a second here. It's that phrase that Paul quotes here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I believed, therefore I speak. That I want us to think about and try to wrap our minds around this morning. How many of us believe? You wouldn't be here otherwise, right? I mean, uh, there are very few people who don't believe that are sitting in a worship service this morning. How many of us believe? All of us. How many of us speak? It's kind of a different matter sometimes, isn't it? And you understand what the text is implying here, right? Not that we're able to speak, but that we speak about the kingdom of God. We share publicly what we believe privately, right? You probably have a footnote um, there in, in verse 13. That quote, I believe, therefore I have spoken, comes from Psalm 116. And I want you to turn back and look at Psalm 116 with me. Again, make sure that uh, you're close enough to see the text this morning. Psalm 116. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 to you. Uh, we're headed to verse 10, but, but I really feel like we need to set some context here. Psalm 116. Beginning in verse 1. I love the Lord, for He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy, because He turned His ear to me. I will call on Him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, save me! The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Listen to verse 10. I believed, therefore I said, I am greatly afflicted. I know that that doesn't... Uh, read the way things read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to talk about why here, okay? Again, verse 10 here says, I believed, therefore I said, or therefore I have spoken, I am greatly afflicted. Now chances are you have a footnote there on verse 10. Look down and see what that says, an alternate translation for verse 10. That could also read, I believed even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. Anybody have any affliction? Do you? Um, we all have things that we deal with in this life, don't we? Any parents worried about their children? Children? 
Anybody uh, concerned about the upcoming election? Anybody wondering about how a bill's going to get paid? There are things in this life that we worry about that concern us, that consume us at times. We still believe in the middle of that? Of course we do. I'm not saying our, our faith can't be shaken at times, but generally we come back to a, a foundation, a, a premise of belief that sustains us moving forward, right? If we believe like that, then Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, I believe, therefore I speak. You know, I, I, th I think sometimes, church, that we've, we've convinced ourselves that we don't need to say anything about God unless it's it's positive and glowing and encouraging to other people. We don't need to talk about our lives except when we say uh, to, to others in a spiritual context, God loves me, God saved me, God forgive me, those kinds of things. And certainly that idea needs to be communicated. But if you put 2 Corinthians 4 in context with Psalm 116, both writers, both Paul and the psalmist here are saying, my life is terrible. I'm worn out. I'm worn slick. I've got affliction. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. I'm struck down. But in the middle of all that, I believe. And because I believe, I speak. You know, I really don't know that the world at large wants to hear these days, God will solve all your problems. You know what I think the world wants to hear? From Christians? I got problems too. But because of my relationship with God, because of my belief, my faith, because of the support of my church family, I've got faith that God's going to work it out. When there's a disconnect between what we believe and what we speak, the world doesn't have a shot. You understand that? It, it hit me like a ton of bricks this weekend, honestly. Because when I was handed that quiet time guide that said, all right, we need to study this, but talk about this, I just felt a disconnect. I can't do it. I can't study one thing out for myself and get excited about it and not share it with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that's the way the gospel works. Anybody excited about the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins? Anybody excited about the fact that he was buried in a tomb and three days later rose from the dead? Do you believe that happened? If we believe, then we speak. It's pretty simple, right? David showed us a, a slide this morning of uh, a stone rolled away from the entrance to this tomb. Nothing ought to mean more to the Christian who is trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to, to reunite him, to reconcile him with God the Father than that empty grave. We talked about that last week at Easter, right? What I want us to understand this morning is
when we believe and don't speak, we're essentially rolling that stone back in front of the mouth of that tomb and leaving the world to wonder whether or not this Jesus they've heard about is worth looking into. But when we believe and speak, the stone is rolled away, the gospel is proclaimed, the good news is shared, and lives are changed. I don't know what uh, your study habits are like personally on the, on your in your private time with God. Um, we've been talking about some of that on Monday night with the, the guys that, that get together there, and um, that's something that I, I think we we've talked about for years. All of us kind of struggle with it. We want to be disciplined. We want to read our Bibles. We want to devote some time to prayer, and we want to be held, holding one another accountable as we do that. And I don't know, but I'm guessing if if you're like me, you struggle with that discipline. It, it just doesn't always come naturally, right? If we don't devote uh, time and attention and energy to making sure we know what to believe. Really in a tricky spot there. But what I want us to understand this morning is if we don't take that next step, if we keep what we believe to ourselves instead of speaking, sharing, communicating with the world at large, we might be even in a trickier spot. It is the expectation of God. Everybody look at me, because I want you to hear this. It is the expectation of God that we not only believe, but that we speak what it is we believe. God does amazing things for us, doesn't he? In the midst of our trial, in the midst of our temptation, we, like the psalmist, can say, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I may be in great affliction, but I'm rejoicing and praising God in the middle of it because He is faithful to me. That's what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 4. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. I'm struck down. I feel like a jar of clay that's being broken open. And through the middle of all of it, I believe. And because I believe, I speak and give others the chance to believe as well. Is that who we are, church? I want to encourage you for a second here and then I want to challenge you. Okay? I was tickled to death last week with the crowd that joined us for worship. It was evident to me that what we've been talking about for the month pre previous you heard and responded to because you invited people to worship with you, didn't you? And a lot of those people came. I know not all of them came, but a lot of them came. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for listening and responding to the Word of God. And so here's my challenge for you. Did you do it this week? 
you know, we work and we work and we work and we build and we build and we build towards an Easter, towards a friend day, to a, to a special event Sunday. And we're conscious, we're cognizant of the fact that, that we, because of what we believe, we need to be speaking and sharing with others. And that's great. It's not a one-time act. It's a daily lifestyle that each of us has been called to and hopefully given ourselves over to. That because we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, because we believe that He was crucified for our sins, that He was buried in a tomb, and that three days later He rose from the dead, we speak, not just on Easter, but in every opportunity God presents us with. I believe. Therefore, I speak. How about you? Folks, I, I don't know. I, I think this thing ebbs and flows. Uh, but it is high time the Tri-County Church gets serious about sharing what it is we believe. And so I want to encourage you. You did great last week. And I want to challenge you. Do good every week. There are times when I doubt myself. There are times when I get discouraged about the work here at Tri-County. There, there are times, if I'm honest with you, that I wonder is the story that's too good to be true actually true? I've had some moments in the... It's usually when I'm feeling guilty about something. That I'll be reminded of the love and the compassion and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that God offers. And I'll just have a moment where I think, is it true? Could this really be true? And then belief will reassert itself, and I will say, yes, it's true. The story that's too good to be true is true. I believe. Therefore, I speak. Bow your heads with me, and let's pray. God, we believe. We believe that you are creator of heaven and earth. We believe, God, that we, humanity, was created in your image. We believe that, uh, that what you want most is to have a relationship with us. We believe and we freely confess that we ruined all that with our sin. We believe that Jesus Christ is God on earth, the incarnation of deity. We believe that he lived a life of perfection. That he never once committed a sin. We believe that he died a death of substitution 
that what we deserved, He took upon Himself. We believe God that what He deserved, the glory of heaven, a home with you, was offered to us. We believe that the world that we live in is fallen and spinning out of control. We believe, God, that it's the result of our sinfulness. And in the midst of trouble and turmoil, we believe that you are God and that you are in control. When we're perplexed, when we're persecuted, when we're struck down, we believe that you will not abandon us. And because we believe, God, we speak. My prayer for myself and for my Tri-County Church family here this morning is that we not shy away from or attempt to uh, explain away whatever trouble has come our way. That we face it head on. Believing full well that you are bigger than any trouble or trial we might have. And that because we believe we speak. God, there's a world um, outside our doors that will never have the opportunity to believe unless we speak. And so I pray for us. Pray that you give us courage. Pray that you can give us conviction. I pray that there is never a disconnect between the kinds of things that we believe and the kinds of things that we talk about. We love you. We love your son, Jesus Christ. We love your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And reminds us that we are bound for better things. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. David.